Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time you view this. Did I give you a topic? Receiving and producing. Okay, we'll start with receiving. Very simple, just a simple way of saying we're receiving all the time. You're receiving when you're sound asleep. You're receiving in your dreams. You're receiving in your getting in your car, going to the store, talking to your neighbors, uh, listening, listening. You're listening. Can't help but receive the senses. This five sense feels, and, and uh, in fact, and in fiction, the six sense feels are receiving all the time including the mind is receiving thoughts, receiving thoughts. You don't produce thoughts. You just think you do. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Because it's so obvious. But that doesn't mean it isn't going to take you 15 lifetimes to see it. Are there 15 lifetimes? I don't have any, have any idea. There is or not. I don't know. I'm not interested. When I'm saying I'm not interested, I'm not ignoring it. But I'm not going after that. Let somebody else do that. Write a book about it. Why am I here? I'm here to help you see what you're hiding out from. Interested? Not many people are. They might say they are, but they'll uh, go into something that is easier, more palate, more, was it palliatable? Is that a word? I'll ask someone from a foreign country. <laughs> more accessible or has a feeling of being more helpful. I feel better when I do a Vipassana meditation. Yeah, who wouldn't? Your eyes are closed. It's very similar to sleep. Is it wrong? No. If you're doing Vipassana, anyone, if you're doing Vipassana, and this is what you feel like you need to do, I totally am behind you. If, if you need my backup, do what you need to do. You decide. If you're, if you're confused about anything at all, you might want to look at the confusion as much as you can before you jump to uh, the other uh, C word, conclusion. It's very easy to go from the confusion, receiving the confusion, into producing, which is what this talk is about, which is a conclusion. Because the, the nature of a conclusion, to come to any kind of conclusion about anything, is to cover up what you may have been missing uh, in the confusion. You didn't really look at the confusion. Quite often this happens all over, all over the place. It's called materialism. The, the, the whole medical community is all about covering up everything. It's rare to find uh, anything, uh, any situation where it's about actually solving a fundamental issue because it's not been examined. It's been examined just long enough so we can come up with a way, well, in the West, a way to make money with it. Not a good idea. But it's dependently risen, so we can't really go in with our steamroller mind and just stop that from happening. I don't care how many organizations you join. You probably are not going to be able to stop anything that has centuries of ignorance behind it. This doesn't mean you shouldn't try. It doesn't mean you shouldn't vote. It doesn't mean you shouldn't um, send uh, help or food or support or <clears throat> whatever, thumbs up. The things that you sense are helpful. Of course you should. But I am extremely biased. <clears throat> Probably not exactly a bias, because if you're aware of bias, it isn't exactly biased. It's the kind of bias that is ignorance that you don't even know. You just think that somebody is not as good as you are. It's not a, even a conclusion. It's just a, what do they call that? <clears throat> Something, there's, there's a number in there somewhere. Four, yeah, foregone conclusion. One of those. Got that? Foregone. You have to do that four times before it's... <laughs> I know. I've studied numbers. <laughs> I have a big failure at numbers. <laughs> best thing, the best education I ever had was to fail in the, what's it called? SAE. That says something to do with oil, right? SAE. No, it's standard American education, which is not education. It's about controlling you. Don't take that to the bank. It not be valid. <clears throat> it's about control. This path, as I see it, it's been around 2,500 years. I stumbled into it many years ago. And <clears throat> the way it looks here, it's not about getting anywhere other than seeing what this is, right where you're at right now. How do you do that? As I said, biased. 
sitting meditation, train your mind. You don't have to join Buddhism. There's nothing to join here. We don't have don't even have a membership yet. One of my members will probably come along and say, but we are members because I just referred to a member, didn't I? So that's a, that's a, an area that I don't want to push in. If it shows up on its own, it's dependently arisen, then I will respect that. That doesn't mean I'm going to respect everything that shows up as dependently, dependently arisen by just letting it wreak havoc on somebody or something. I may have to step into that with my body and my mind. But it's dependently arisen. Don't do anything unless you have to. I'll make a move. <clears throat> the way I would uh, address that in this particular setting is say, train your mind. Don't don't go into your life, whatever it may be, just to even to go to the store without training your mind so that you know when you look at something, someone, or listen to anyone, that you are completely unreceived. You're really, you aren't, you aren't protecting yourself from otherness by with your concepts, your ideas, and your pushback or your preconceived, wasn't it? No, foregone conclusions. That was, that was with your opinions about things. They, it's not that the opinion might not be even relatively have some authenticity to it. Probably does, has some, but it's, uh, it's only halfway. You haven't seen deeply into what that is. So quite often we go to, she did that, he did that, they did this, so therefore they're to blame for any difficulty, or they get credit for some great thing that's happened. This is a big misunderstanding, and it runs the world. It's called the eight worldly dharmas of pain and pleasure, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, success and failure, life and death. Those are unreal. They're relatively real, but they're ultimately a spiritual path. They are unreal. What is real? Find out. There's no way I can tell you. But I can say that the reason I'm even talking is dependent on the reason. <clears throat> You're here. You're functioning at least for the next 45 minutes as students. So that, that means I can function as a teacher. And I intend to do that. So the sitting practice of meditation, shikantaza, are just precisely this. Just sit down, hold still. Look at something that's not moving. We use a wall. Look at the wall and watch what's happening in all of the sense fields, including the mind, without producing anything. So just receive, 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 receive. Fundamental generosity, environmental generosity is to give, 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 is to give everything your attention. And you train yourself to do that, to do this in our tradition, Shikantaza, uh, sit down, hold still, sit in a symmetrical posture, and just receive. Just very simply, just, just receive. It's such a simple um, effort. It's not even an effort. You just, you stop efforting. <clears throat> Other than you sit still, sit symmetrical, you just receive. And as you receive, you begin to notice what you're receiving. So it, it turns from the attitude of receiving into the so-called object. It could be a thought, a memory, Emotion, judgment, evaluation could be Forsythia that you saw this morning. The Buddha said, uh, life is suffering. He was not kidding. And he didn't say part-time. <clears throat> but the consciousness has a way of shutting things off, blocking things out. So it looks like there's pain and pleasure. This is a misunderstanding. It's not a philosophical position that you can somehow believe in this and don't believe in that or accept this, don't accept that. Don't do anything with it. You can consider it. Don't do anything with it. So as you're sitting, you're, you're training yourself to not only for the sitting practice, but when you get up and do what we call post meditation or other than sitting still and watching the wall or observing the wall, observing the thoughts, the mind stream come and go, come and go. You go out into the world, you make breakfast, you mow the lawn, well, pretty soon anyway, you stop shoveling snow and you 
interact with your friends, your neighbors, your family, your partner, your children, and you are on receive quite a bit of the time. Occasionally we get triggered into something so we have to start producing something. And sometimes that what we are producing is to cover up what we're receiving. <clears throat> Our generosity has come to a halt, possibly through fear. Those people who, who know they're afraid are usually meditators. They're people that are working with their mind in a direct way, whether they're a meditator or not. Their intelligence is, is, uh, is bordering on wisdom. Might not be there yet. But it's more about an openness that wants to won't jump to a conclusion about something without really looking very carefully. Is is this really? Do I need to push back on this? Should I? Do I have to do that? This is why I often say, don't do anything unless you have to. What am I saying? Be patient. Just a way of teaching patience without using that that word that sets up a a structure, a convention. Uh, a standard that you and you have to live up to it. Very childish way to approach education. Set up standards and try to fill the bill. Very disrespectful to teach in that way. Not teach anything to anyone unless there's a student there. So we sit down, hold still, we watch the movement. And we watch the, when something comes up, we watch the way we add on to it. So that's the, the beginning of the production comes out of we're receiving, we're receiving, and then a little addition, like I'm getting sleepy. You could actually just get sleepy without commenting on it. Or my mind is very busy. Uh, where are all these thoughts coming from? Adding, adding, adding. Instead of just receiving the thoughts, uh, fundamental generosity. Give it your attention. Receive. If it's coming towards you, you're, you're, you're supposed to have this. It, it, it doesn't, uh, the, the ego mind might trigger something like, I don't deserve this. Why am I so miserable? <clears throat> the very why question uh, is, is just, you might as well be putting a, uh, a lid on the jar. You don't, you don't want to know what's in there. You just want to complain about it. You don't really want to know what that is. You just want to bitch and complain or blame someone for it or blame your parents or blame your society or blame. And it's not that there isn't some culpability everywhere. Of course there is. But to go into it uh, and join into the warfare mind that wants to stop what's bad and raise what's good, this is just stupid. I hate to use such a technical word on you guys. It's just stupid to do that. I mean, shouldn't we really look at this very closely? Starting with this, the very humanity we are covering up human beings, not not Democrats, Republicans, independents, all that baloney. Again, I'm not denying that there aren't people in the world who whose motivation is to be a fundamentally help and save and be kind and be supportive and be a humanist. In other words, support humanity altogether, regardless of any differences current differences. <clears throat> but to try to do that without first seeing your own aggression, your own craziness, your own demand for control based on what? On thinking there's someone here. Don't believe anything I say, but I will say to you something you could consider. There isn't anyone here. There's no solid being here. This is a basic teaching of Buddhism, not something this old man uh, thought up. There's no solid being. Doesn't mean also there's some kind of an emptiness that can no longer is paralyzed and can't do anything or needs to live in a, an enlightenment ward. <clears throat> Be taken care of by psychiatrists. What we're training ourselves to do is to really see what moves, see what arises, see what's coming and moving and coming and going in our mind stream, our life stream, without objecting, without agreeing, and certainly without ignoring it. And if you can somehow see that, uh, the beginning of that kind of a practice is, of course, seeing that you can't do it, you can't do it. But what you've done is your, your awareness is right on noticing the way you're becoming more and more aware of the way in which you function 
out of a polarity, out of a warfare mind, out of a right and wrong mind, duality. The ultimate teaching spoken in a relative way is there are not two things anywhere. It's called Advaita, non-dual. Advaita, not two, not separate. Also not smushed together as some kind of, uh, uh, you know, we're all one or we're all God. Some kind of uh, um, highfalutin sentimentality. It's worse than that. You may not want to hear that, but I would say to follow that up, you can do this. If you're interested in this, not because I have all the answers, but you have them. You, you, what you actually do is you go into the very nature of what an answer is rather than answer the question. You have to understand if this is why ancient times and ancient teachers, <clears throat> uh, Buddhas of old, uh, use things like the koan practice, ancient China, ancient Japan, setting up some kind of a something that doesn't make any sense. It's, it's somewhat logical. It's just logical enough so that it gives you mind cramps. But it will only do that if you're very, very serious about studying what the nature of mind is and what, what the nature of the world is. And, and you're able to use that particular dynamic called a koan, which is a, a, a logical trap. I don't teach those particularly. I'm not against them. I've practiced them some. But the very koan I say, or the, the question mark in the you, or any of us, or me, we need to work with is to see it in your own mind stream. What comes up in the mind is dependently risen. There's no one generating those thoughts. The thoughts are rising, the thoughts are falling away. Or they may be, or they may be sticking around, looking for demanding some kind of results. Same thought going over and over again. And what do we do? What am I saying? Just observe. Just observe. And just receive. See what's arising and just receive that. And by doing that, we, if we keep that very clear in our, in our mind, which we, we do through a sitting practice of meditation, and that clarity is about the confusion. It's not a feeling of clarity, twinkle, twinkle. No, it may be clarity about the difficulty, clarity about the confusion. And from the point of view of this understanding, it's not about solving that or stopping that. It is about seeing fundamentally what that is. And it fundamentally is dependently arisen. It doesn't have a, a something you can blame. It might conventionally, it might in your life, you might say, well, she did that, they did this. Well, how about all the criminals? Well, the criminals didn't just suddenly become criminals or antisocial people. There's a lot of background behind everyone that brought them into that particular kind of activity that we would call them. So what is the practice? The practice is <clears throat> initially sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical, have all your senses open and watch the way you keep disturbing yourself. The watch the way you keep shutting down on the very clarity that is that is already the case, that is already your birthright. Sometimes this is said in the, in the Buddhist teaching, and I can say that this myself, oh, you already are the Buddha. The Buddha, Buddhism isn't something, is something you get to be, even though it's taught that way in stages, you're this boomy or that boomy, or you, you, you've understood the, the six paramitas or any kind of uh, congratulatory thinking process that makes you feel like you're there's progress on the path. There is progress, but it certainly doesn't show up as conventional progress. It might be more, it might be more, it might be more, just less production, less talking, more listening, more seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, even thinking more of that without anything added on or extra. 
And if we are receiving something, uh, a memory of something that happened, or maybe some kind of underlying situation that doesn't have much of a of a uh, of a, a back a backstory or something that we just it's like sometimes this is called uh, depression <clears throat> because it's a really negative feeling with no apparent source. We just feel bad, or we feel distressed. We feel like whatever we, the the addition to it or the production might be life is not worth living, or the production may be. Why am I, why do I feel, why, why, when will this ever leave? Or the production may be all, any kind of thing that actually tends to stabilize. If you produce anything around that, it tends to stabilize that because then that, I could say it this way, kind of story form, that, if you give it a little tiny personality, actually you're giving it some credential that it's a valid thing instead of it's unreal. Also, if you go in and keep calling it unreal, that's also a credential. Do nothing with it. It's a radical, radical coming from the, the word uh, radix or root. It's the basis. It's not even a root. It's beyond the root, 15 feet under the root. So we are sitting and we train ourselves by watching, observing, receiving whatever rises in the mind stream without adding. And of course, like I just said, that watching what arises also includes the, the observing what you're spontaneously or kind of knee-jerk adding on. Well, he shouldn't have said that. Well, I should. I have to stop doing that. A little tiny mini uh, parental module in there that's always... And that very um, reaction to that actually maintains the, the ego structure. It perpetuates that. Or perpetuates a self, an ongoing self. I can take some questions if there are some. She is allowing. Is there a, a direct um, receiving different than our conventional receiving? Um, yes, and uh, the way that will show up, especially initially uh, with people who are new to meditation. When I say new, haven't meditated more than 10 years, that's new to meditation, in case you didn't know. Even Coben, my Zen master, would say something like, and I have to paraphrase a little bit, that it's the second 20, second 10 years, the second 20. What, do you remember what he said? Didn't he say it to you? <laughs> I think I was six. You were sick. <laughs> I was sick that day. You stayed out of school. But it's, uh, it's, it gets harder is what it said, but we don't want to say that initially, otherwise you wouldn't even start. But as Trungpa Rinpoche said, uh, better not to even begin. It's hard to do this. But once you begin, better to finish. Don't stop. Is there any way to work with refining the receiving? Bowing. Yes, the way that is refined is to just observe it without meddling with it. When I say just observe, uh, don't produce, I know you can't do that. I can't do it myself. I can't just succeed at, oh, I just receive. I'm such a wonderful receiver of everything. I don't produce anything. There's no, there's no credit. You don't get any, there's no credential for it. There's no stamp of approval. It, it will feel more and more like you're losing. And to return to your original question, it just feels more and more like failure. But it's a spiritual path, so it can't be relatively successful. Otherwise, we're right back to Tony Robbins, you know, or all kinds of so-called spiritually oriented teachers out there. And it's not that they aren't helpful to some people. Some people, most people, are not ready to hear this. They're not ready to hear this, uh, this kind of a direct teaching. You're going to have to sit down and see who you are yourself. It won't, this won't come about by belief. There's nothing to believe in Buddhism. If someone is, uh, says they're Buddhist and say they believe in, in anything, they're not Buddhist. It's a misunderstanding of Buddhism. There isn't anything to believe there, nor is there anything to disbelieve, but there's a lot to be aware of. She's unbowing. Is there a way to, with receiving, there is kind of an expectation of how that might feel or look, and I'm wondering how to begin to connect with the actuality or what is the actuality of receiving? So uh, a word that you've heard me use a lot is intention. So the intention to receive is enough. You don't need to, to have a... Uh, 
uh, a stamp of approval anywhere. Just the intent. Just remember that. You, could, you, you might even say it to yourself, but I think that would be very individual. I would not particularly set up a standard and this is the way you do it. I would say sit down and just receive. And, and a lot of that time is noticing how you can, how you keep, you, you, you sit for a while and then the next thing that comes up is I'm really tired. I can't really think I can stay here any longer or my leg hurts or my, and if you're, I, I say the way I teach this, if your leg hurts, move it. Don't, don't try to approach it with some kind of macho. That's, that's might've worked uh, years ago or it might work for some people today, but I don't promote that at all. So don't maintain anything, including your posture. Start, <clears throat> sit there. And then if your posture kind of starts to collapse or you go to sleep, then just intend to sit, sit up straight. Very simple. It's not even particularly parental. It's just uh, align, just observing the form, returning to the form. But there's no scolding yourself because you're falling asleep. And I would even say if you're really sleepy, go to bed. Don't, don't maintain it, but then come back later, strike the bell and start again and sit for another hour, whatever. More? Yes, I'm lying. I'm just wondering if there's a way to know if we need to do this, the path, the practice, bowing. Well, uh, I start by saying, don't do anything unless you have to. If you don't have to do it, don't do it. But if you're here and your situation is too late for you, you've actually, <laughs> you've actually jumped off the cliff. You don't know that yet. And you're falling. You're falling. Uh, you could say to use a, a literal metaphor, you're falling into reality, which doesn't support a separate being. It's a spiritual path. You actually are not separate from the Buddha. You haven't realized it yet. When you realize it, uh, you won't be too concerned with anything anymore. But you won't take your eyes off, your senses off, your smelling off, your taste off, anything anymore. You're all through shutting any doors. There are no doors. The walls of the mind, as it said in the Art Sutra, are gone. And ego can't survive in that. It doesn't. There's no oxygen for ego there. Or you could see there's no nourishment. And when it starts to head in that direction, it starts to panic. And without a teacher that you can, what, trust or at least give the benefit of the doubt to, and without a teaching that is a powerful teaching, just like this 2,500-year-old teaching that shows up over and over again in the lineage, hundreds of years after the Buddha has passed, someone is still speaking the same words, different, different words, but same intention, same pointing that the Buddha pointed at, like Vasubandhu, or Dogen Zenji, or Sekitokisan, or either one of my teachers. Jeez, I'm bowing. Is there anything to be corrected as far as the idealism around the practices? Bowing. <clears throat> That's very situational. So sometimes, uh, some kind of idealism uh, might need to arise uh, in a particular person's practice for a while, but it probably won't. With that kind of a practice, it won't last, if I'm understanding what you're referring to. It might show up for a while, but it's not to be corrected or shut down, just to be observed. This, uh, and this is true in almost every case. It's about observing what's happening and then dependent origination. The way that works, that nothing comes from its own side is a separate thing. Everything is not connected to everything else. It's not separate from it, which is even more profound if you understand it. The connected thing we get from being materialists, like the links on a chain. We, uh, but from the point of view of the teachings, uh, there, there aren't any, there isn't any chain and there aren't any links. That doesn't mean that you can't be chained up. But you're chained up by your mind. You're not chained up by some kind of relative reality that, that you know, has you by the neck. Question from Navid in Iran. Navid in I Iran. Is it pronounced Iran or Iran? Sharir is from Iran. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? In the, in the language, you pronounce it Iran. Iran? Iran. <clears throat> That's where he's from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got it. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you speak Farsi? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of the Farsi that I know. It might surprise you. 
I'll say something in Farsi before I answer Naveed's question. Are you ready? Yeah. Mandus nararem in jar You don't like to... What's the last part? Nararem. <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing it wrong more than likely, <laughs> but I'm saying I don't I don't like to work here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I got the first part of it. <laughs> See, so I'm doing pretty good, and I haven't even studied Farsi. Uh, what's up, Bugala Moon? Bugala Moon. Oh, that's Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I know lots more. <laughs> Not really. Go ahead, Naveed. Naveed. He asks, what causes us to shut down and dampen our inherent awareness? So uh, there'd be several ways of uh, talking about this. And if I were talking to you personally, we were kind of more conversational, I might approach it differently, but the, the fundamental situation, and this will lead to another question perhaps, is fear. And as I said, I think I started to say earlier, I didn't finish what I was saying, but people who are who, who know they're afraid are usually people who are, who are living on the edge of their awareness and are not necessarily believing all their thoughts. So there's some kind of fear happening there. But the people who aren't afraid of anything are, are covered up with, you know, with Everything, all kinds of heavy things we call concepts, ideas, beliefs, opinions. They don't know that because they're protected by all of this, uh, um, all these uh, barnacles all over them. So, uh, and, and when we go in on to into the spiritual path, especially this kind of spiritual spiritual path, which is characterized as being non-theistic, there's no no leader, there's no authority anywhere. There's just your mind stream. Then uh, it'd be scary. Because there's no, there's no, there's no, um, the otherness that is so reinforced by our materialistic life as being somebody going somewhere, having, um, and, and separating ourselves through prejudice and through all kinds of things into individual people and communities and, na- and uh, all the nationalism and everything that goes on makes it very difficult, especially when our education system is reinforcing the same thing the television, the TV stations, the news stations. Everything is saying over and over and over, you're a separate person and you have this or you don't have that, or you have rights or you don't. It's not that that isn't relatively correct. It's just that it doesn't go deep enough into the fundamental nature of the problem, which is belief in a self and belief in an other. That is a unreal. And that's not only true in Buddhism, that's true in uh, other non-theistic approaches and some theistic approaches like the Upanishads. Uh, way before the Buddha, this is being talked about in ancient India. And in uh, Taoism, uh, indigenous uh, spiritual, non-theistic spiritual path of China. So it's not uh, just Buddhism's property. He says your pronunciation is great. (laughs) (laughs) Let me try another one. (laughs) Further questions? Sir. Yes, when you spoke about uh, receiving, uh, as part of the practice is when that dog was barking, we was able to receive the bark, the chirp of the birds and the howling of the wind. But part of the practice is not be disturbed by what, what you're receiving. I was taught, and I was taught in my practice was we learn to open up and empty out, get silent and still, like that cup you're drinking from. And don't reject anything going in, nor to attach to anything going out. Whatever the contents is, the space in the cup is not disturbed. Whatever the contents is in this world, my humanity is not disturbed as well. Nothing disturbs us. I'm able to see and accept it for what it is. That's what you mean by just receiving and let it come and let it go without being disturbed by it. That's incorrect, actually. I'm not saying that, but I had a question. I, I know you have a statement, and I heard it, and I said that's not exactly what I'm saying, but I, I don't want to get into a... Uh, any kind of discussion. If you have a question, that's what I'm here to do. I'm functioning as a teacher. 
I'm here to teach. And if you'd like to teach, um, I'm sure I can tell that you have, have, have had a lot of training. You st your, st your teacher is Valsons and in. Yeah. So, yeah. So I can tell you've had a lot of training, but that's not what I'm saying. And that's a big misunderstanding. That's not what I'm saying. I'm happy to respond to a question about what I am saying. You have it. Thank you for coming. It's good to see you again. When you're bowing, what are you saying? Well, what is he saying? I don't know. Well, you'd have to tell me what it is that he's saying that I can say what I'm saying about what he's saying. You don't remember what he said? When you're bowing, what, what do you is say? It that you say? I say don't do anything. So what is he saying that's a little bit different than what I'm saying? When you're bowing, one thing that I heard was letting things go. Yeah, I never say let it go. I might even say the opposite. Uh, I don't say hang on, but I say, I'll do it this way. If you let go without seeing the way in which you're hanging on, this is very personal for each person. If you let go of that, you can do that conceptually. You can actually get a credential that you've let go in your mind stream, and then the consciousness starts to hide out in the fiskanda. Form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. The fourth one is concept. Especially if you, might be me, might be you, might be anybody here, have a really strong uh, intellect or thinking process. And the Tibetan tradition is called uh, like a Vajra-like mentality or adamantine, indestructible thinking process. So if you have that. So I say, watch the way you hang on. If you watch the way you hang on, then it's, I call it grace. It's just that you, you just can't hang on anymore. It falls away of its own. It's just the, uh, natural, as it's talk, talked about by Longchenpa and the great perfection. Everything is already perfect. You have to just stop farting around with it. Please. <laughs> Dubugula moon. <laughs> Jeez, I'm bowing. What about disturbances? Do those lessen at all, or do they lighten on the path bowing? They can, and when, they, and when that does occur, and it can occur, it's such a non-occurrence because it's just not there. It's like, a, it's like you had a really vivid dream and it was really painful or difficult or challenging, but you can't remember it. It's that, it's that kind of a feeling like, what was it I was so concerned? What was it I was so jealous of? It's like that. It's not that the jealousy or the concern isn't, uh, isn't active or dependently arisen. It's just that if you don't do anything with it, as, as Tranga Rinpoche said, if you do nothing to thoughts, they will do nothing to you. Was it Tranga that said that? Bardor Toku. I get those Tibetans mixed up. Well, you know they all look alike. Be careful there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they don't look alike. The, um, just what's struck me looking at disturbances, a very simple one is having lived in the city for 10 years now, it's still very disturbing in, as far as a contrast to living in a rural area. So just on a very pragmatic level, what is the path of the disturbance of the dog barking? Or last night, the neighbors throwing a party you know, late. So what's your question? What does he want to know? It's around that disturbance. The, the, the thought is somehow I should, at some point should not no longer be disturbed by. That's extra. Be disturbed. Not trying to live, live up to shit. No standard. That's part of the issue with the world is people are trying to live up to some kind of a right and wrong. And you, it's dependently arisen. Your emotions are dependently arisen. It would be very, very situational. So the dog is barking. One time you may close the window. Another time you may. Uh, it would be very situational. Uh, so another time you wouldn't. Uh, the dog barking would just uh, feel uncomfortable or feel extra. And we've done that before in here. We, that dog has helped us for years now. <laughs> but it's about awareness. It's not about right and wrong. It's about, it's about our awareness of what's moving rather than we have to stop something or start something. And that includes the feeling that you want to stop that, that that's extra. We don't want to hear that. 
Jeez, Anbang, is there some um, value in being willing to be disturbed that wouldn't be there if we tried to stop being disturbed? So I would say yes. Just a willingness. Uh, over time, we, I don't know if you call it develop, but we kind of re, um, we just stop producing, uh, just spontaneously covering up our life by producing all kinds of ideas and thoughts and opinions, judgments and so on. So that just starts to back off. And so there's, there's just more space in your life. You're less concerned about what's happening. This doesn't mean you're ignoring the the war in Ukraine, whatever we get of the war, everything we get is, I'm not saying it's uh, incorrect, uh, but everything we get is comes through the filters of the news service and, and the, the bias of whatever's happening there. There's definitely a war happening. We know that, but we don't know. there's been wars forever. I mean, you know, my dad was killed in Andernach, Germany in March 16th, 1945. I'm not blaming the Germans for that. I don't blame anybody for it. That was a sad situation. He was only 26. But it's that wars have been going on and on and on. Maybe there's other people have had people uh, close to them die in wars. Um, it's, until the fundamental issues are, are understood, which is belief in the self, belief in some and other, that those are separate, then there'll be wars, some, some kind of war, because the, the whole avalanche of history coming down from century after century after century of oligarchs, you know, being reincarnated again, they come back again and again and they try to get control of everything. Simply put, it's just a story. Don't believe it. I don't believe it. That's what a story is, something you don't believe, isn't it? Yeah. Anything else? Yes, Kelly. With the vow to save all beings, is there a type of production that's not producing? I, I think I follow you, and I would say <clears throat> it probably is. But if it's if it, if that's occurring, then uh, then you won't necessarily have a, an awareness of it, like a like um, like a credential or something that. This is happening. I'm doing this, but I know other things are happening. Sneaky little good things are climbing up the stairwell late at night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, disguised as mice. So I'm, I'm following what you're saying. I would say that, that that's a really good question. And I would say that would be rather than something that I would respond to conceptually, which is if you open your mouth at concepts, unless you're a poet, but I'm not particularly a poet, but if you're, you know, might be able to communicate in Poet with poetry or music or something like that in that area. But I would say for you, knowing you as I do, and I would say just just reflect on that. You could write it down. You don't necessarily have to take it to the cushion, but perhaps if that's if that area is that's a good, it's a good area to look into with your consciousness because that's where the question came from, and that tells me you're looking at something that I have no business commenting on. Because you're in the middle of looking at that. You follow that? Say it. Spit it out. I feel Produce. like I need your I, I feel like I need your you're getting it. on it. You're getting it, but what but but yeah, but you're you're getting it, but what the problem becomes with someone who is a teacher and a student is that you have uh, ideas and opinions about how I should be teaching. So everything I say, you've heard this before and I hate to get too fancy with all of you. But I'm going to do it here. It's everything, if it's a true teacher, everything they say or do is a teaching. If you're a true student, if you're really a student, then the, the, it's not, not not about believing the teacher. It's just don't obstruct anything. Everything is without obstruction, so you don't need to. You don't care about right and wrong from that point. And that's that's very dangerous for the ego mind because the ego has been trained. <sighs> Do good, don't do bad, be nice, don't be mean, don't do, I mean, don't break the law, don't, all the don'ts and all the control situations. And you're actually talking about an area that, that I would say you need to look at. There's something there that I don't want to get in the way of what you're looking at there. So that, that is, you could say that's a teaching for you. Yes, sir. I had a question. I wanted 
your advice on this. During meditation, there are times when uh, I try to not meddle with the thought, but then that in itself becomes a meddling thought. That becomes a meddling thought. That becomes a meddling thought. And I get to yeah, what's the question? I hear, I hear you. I'm familiar with that. How would I? How do I deal with this infinite loop of thinking? Only yeah. Just just watch the infinite loop. It's not really infinite. Anytime it's a loop, it's it's finite. It has to be. And so it might take a long time, like uh, like it going on and say silly things. But um, just the most important thing you can do. How long have you been meditating? Off and on for about two years. <clears throat> do you do do you practice chicken or some other form? Usually like uh, kind of meditations. Okay, so uh, I would say so someone else is guiding you. Yeah. Okay. So is it from a from an app? Yeah. Now stop it. I'll use an app. Dangerous. Not, not dangerous right now, but will be as these things get more and more mind controlling. So just set that aside. Use use a, a analog clock. Use a uh, something that rotates and goes in circles. That patterning of circles is all around us. Circularity cycles makes sense. To have that. <laughs> Uh, things that just have numbers and no no movement, but all the all the circularity happens in the mind. Not healthy. How do I know? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no proof. But I would say, trust your own uh, mind. Sit down, hold still, keep your eyes open if you can without struggle. Look at the wall. Um, don't use an app. Use a, use a uh, be old fashioned. Or, and, and do it for what? Do it for a year. Give it a year. You're a young guy. Do it for a year and see how that is. And, and if you disagree or if you feel like, ah, you know, I tried this for a year, I think I'm going to go back to the app. Go ahead. Maybe you're just one of those app people. <laughs> Didn't they write a book about that? App, appsters or something? <laughs> app, app, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, robots. Yeah. Humans, but but controlled by a central intelligence agency. Am I trying to scare you a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> a wee bit. Is there a further question over? Robert. Robert Bowen. Is there an authority that is generated as a result of receiving or from receiving? Well, you could say uh, thank you for the question. So the the, the authority would be dependent origination. Is that you no longer are uh, uh, aligning yourself with the, the individual egocentric uh, um, protocols and demands and uh, viewpoint of the ego or the self-centered being. But since you're on receive, you're starting to see every, you're receiving everything. You're not coming to conclusions because if you come to conclusions, this is what it, this is what coming to a conclusion is. Stop looking at everything. You just ignore. And the ego mind does this all the time, ignores because if it if it looks at what this is and sees what it is, it realizes that it's not a solid, separate being. And so the authority would come, wouldn't necessarily call it authority, but it could show up that way. And just like this, uh, this old man who is talking here is, uh, shows up as very confident, but there's, but there's no one here who's confident. There's no one here who believes anything, thinks anything, or has anything going on other than the vow that I received a few years back to be with all things, save all beings. So living out of a vow, it's kind of an odd thing to say, but for me, if I were going to go, to go to authority, it's the vow. Put others first. So since I'm still here in a human form, which we're not limited to, but right now it's a human form, uh, others, you come first. Everybody comes first. That doesn't mean I might not be doing something that looks totally self-centered and, and all about me, me, me. It could, could show up that way, but that might be more your projection than anything that's actually happening. So the authority, uh, you get it from receiving. And then if you are producing, you're producing something uh, in, in uh, harmony with everything else that's coming and going, including the dog, including the bird, is that a cardinal? Oh, I know what that is, magpie. No, it's not a magpie. It's a pelican. <laughs> <laughs> More, Robert? Jake, Jake Bowing. Um, 
on receiving and producing is the the subtle act of recognition producing like to try to name the bird that's tweeting a little bit of that it's a, it's more like what is just spontaneously arising but when it starts to get off in the area of passion aggression ignorance in other words aggression against something some kind of demand and there's some kind of identity behind that that needs to have things a certain way needs to have this stop oh, that'll be enough of that kind of thing you ever said that who'd you say that to we got <laughs> you said it to yourself no. oh i like that <laughs> uh, want to be a monk <laughs> Maybe yeah yeah 20 years from now he can ordain you Yes, sir. Uh, what are the three worlds that was mentioned in the chat? So could be past, present, and future. Could also be uh, uh, could be um, I don't know what what are the desire form and foremost. Uh, so the desire realm, the form, uh, formless realm, and the realm of form. And those are difficult to conceptually to go into, but it is something you can read about. You can go into Google. I mean, my goodness, Google is just full of all kinds of this and that and this and that. You can check it out and read about it. And even uh, Trungpa Rinpoche's books talk about the, the three realms or the three worlds. There's lots of threes, three poisons, the three babu babushkas. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm trying not to lose your attention, so I'm <laughs> saying things that... Any final questions before we close? Deb Bowing. Yes, Deb. I have some confusion, confusion around no solid being. My question is, does no solid being have a consciousness or energy? Or is that not or am i trying to recognize something by wanting to see a consciousness about it so just, deb, deb just give yeah. me a do either yeah. or then then we we yeah rowboat then so just so does no be no solid being have a consciousness no it is consciousness consciousness only Consciousness functions just fine without some kind of entity that is a, that is attached to a human form, trying to be somebody or get somebody or or protect themselves from uh, uh, some kind of destruction or or criticism or failure. Uh, it's not that those aren't there, but that's the mundane path, and it's not it's not wrong. It's mundane path works. It's just that uh, death comes without warning, and when when the body mind starts to go back into the elements water, earth, fire, and air, uh, the whole personhood is going with it too. So unless you transcend the personhood and see who you fundamentally are, uh, you're going to, what is it said sometimes, you're going to die when you die. But if you, but if you transcend this and you see that what this is, is a, the fancy word would be eternal, but I wouldn't even use that. I'd just say it's a, it's a, it doesn't have an end, but it doesn't have a beginning. It doesn't have an end, but what has a beginning, the body, the mind, has an end and it's coming to an end. It's not a threat. I mean, it's not like something uh, you know, that not going to happen. Why is that guy saying that? trying to scare us? No, it's just the truth. <laughs> and um, but it is kind of a, a way of looking at it. Death comes without warning. And we, you could just, our life, any one of us could not be here next week. Uh, more more uh, likely it would be me because I'm older than everyone here. But not necessarily, not necessarily. So, uh, train your mind so that you can see what your what your actual identity is. And it's not we're not talking about the historical Buddha when we say mind is Buddha, like it says in the banner up there. We're just saying that your mind is not separate from uh, it does not sleep. It is awake, but it may be covered up by all kinds of paraphernalia called hope and fear and pride and jealousy, constantly covering up your true nature, your Buddha nature, your enlightened nature, which is not separate from all the Tathagatas, all the, uh, the whole lineage, and really not separate from anyone. It's just that um, 
it, it, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't come together as a group of people <clears throat> anymore. It's a lineage. Deb Bowing, thank you. Yu Hong Baoying, can I ask a follow-up question? Certainly, go right ahead. Yu Hong Baoying, so when you say that you need to see this deeply, in, uh, which is beyond conceptual understanding, does that mean that one has enough insights to understand this, Baoying? Yes. Uh, you, if you're if you're listening to me right now, even if you don't listen to me again, I'm telling you something that uh, that I'm looking at. I'm not I'm not thinking this up. It's not an, anal an analysis of it. I'm, I'm looking at it. Uh, that if if you're if you're listening to me, there's a few people. There's thirty few thirty people, thirty three people here, and another dozen or a couple dozen maybe. And on YouTube. And on YouTube, there's what. Another dozen or so. Yeah. Right. How about on Tubi? Not yet. How about not yet? <laughs> no. How about on? Huh? Hulu. How about on Hulu? On Hulu? Well, we are on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. Don't don't look. Okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. So somebody took pictures of me at acting silly and they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I know who it was. <laughs> so you already you you already have this. And when I say if you're here you're ready to you're ready to hear this because it takes it takes uh, it takes quite a bit of uh, openness or not being totally caught up in your mind stream to even walk in this room. You're here. You could consider it. No, no one is asking for you for money. No one's asking you to join anything. Not asking you to do anything other than one very simple thing. Train your mind. It may be the way I'm talking about it. You may go in another direction and you go through silver mind control. I don't know. I don't mean that. Uh, or, or any of the other things that have been arising uh, in uh, what's that place that keeps track of what arises? Uh, it's in the internet. No, Wikipedia. <laughs> Is it Wikipedia? Like you can ask anything on Wikipedia, uh, except it doesn't know about me yet. I did. I asked. So, Kazan, <laughs> I got a bunch of weird other stuff in there from Japan. It wasn't me. So, where are we at? We'll take a final question, if there is one. Either I can take one on uh, Zoom if there's someone there that has a question. Yes, sir. Um, would you describe language as another like uh, clouding and biasing force? Again, please. Uh, would you describe language as another clouding and biasing force? I'm not following. Language as a yeah, like as a obstructing force. Like you talked a lot about how like um, many of the things that we receive um, are kind of are heavily biased and clouding. Um, oh, is language biased? Yes. Yeah. No, but, but it's not about getting rid of that. It's about being aware of it. And you'll hear me say, if you listen to me, very much I say, it's not, you don't have to get rid of anything. You don't have to be better. You don't have to improve. That's all materialism. Please don't be concerned with it. What you should be concerned with, and this I do, I am biased about this, is be more aware of what is happening in your mind. Just be more aware of it. And if you're more aware of it, your own innate Buddha nature, your own innate intelligence will uh, take care of you. But if you believe your thoughts and reject some thoughts, disbelieve them, grasp other thoughts, believe them, and ignore other thoughts, you're going to spin. And it's not just because I'm condemning you to something. I'm just saying you're telling me, by telling me, by saying that or doing that, you're actually entering into uh, a, a circus of the mind. You're going to, you're entering the carnival and you're going to go from one ride to the next, trying to looking for happiness. And I can tell you where happiness is. I'm not going to, but. <laughs> okay. I guess we're good.
May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.